As the deer pants for the water brooks, so pants my soul for you, O God. Psalm 42.1 And welcome back to the second episode of As the Deer. My name is Jesse. I am a local teaching elder of a small church here in Ogden, Utah. And the purpose in this podcast is to come together with you, anyone listening to Long After Christ, together to align our heart and our soul each morning with our fathers. And ultimately, as George Mueller said, the first great and primary business to which I ought to attend every day is to have my soul happy in the Lord. And before we begin, I'd like to pray. Today's prayer is a valley of vision, my favorite Puritan prayer. And so I'd like to read that to you today. Lord, high and holy, meek and lonely, thou hast brought me to the valley of vision, where I live in the depths, but see thee in the heights. Hemmed in by mountains of sin, I behold thy glory. Let me learn by paradox that the way down is the way up, that to be low is to be high, that the broken heart is the healed heart, that the contrite spirit is the rejoicing spirit, that the repenting soul is the victorious soul, that to have nothing is to possess all, that to bear the cross is to wear the crown, that to give is to receive, that the valley is the place of vision. Lord, in the daytime stars can be seen from the deepest wells, and the deeper the wells, the brighter thy stars shine. Let me find thy light in my darkness, thy life in my death, thy joy in my sorrow, thy grace in my sin, and thy riches in my poverty, thy glory in my valley. Amen. And today I'd like to say, uh, start with the same song of worship as yesterday, uh, Thief to King, All We Have is Christ. Um, so join me in a song of worship. Christ upon the cross 
Father God, fill up our spirit. Breathe into our soul today a freshness. Strengthen us to live for you today and each day. Amen. We are working through Gospel Assurance by Mike Abendroth together, but before I do that, I would like to read to you a paragraph from a book by C.H. Spurgeon that my wife is working through that she sent me this morning. Truly a blessing. I've read it to every single class I taught at the high school today and uh, I hope it is a blessing to you. And so, all the petitioner's miseries shall be compassionated. When I come to the throne of grace with the burden of my sins, there is one on the throne who felt the burden of sin in ages long gone by and has not forgotten its weight. When I come loaded with sorrow, there is one there who knows all the sorrows to which humanity can be subjected. Am I depressed and distressed? Do I fear that God himself has forsaken me? There is one upon the throne who said, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Matthew twenty-seven forty-six. It is a throne from which grace delights to look upon the miseries of mankind with a tender eye, to consider them and to relieve them. Come, then, you who are not only poor but also wretched, whose miseries make you long for death and yet you dread it. You captive ones, come in your chains. You slaves, come with the irons upon your souls. You who sit in darkness, come forth all blindfolded as you are. The throne of grace will look on you if you cannot look on it and will give to you. Though you have nothing to give in return and will deliver you, though you cannot raise a finger to deliver yourself. Such a powerful picture of the Christ, of our Savior, the author and perfecter of our faith that we serve. Day two, we journey on together. Wonderful, what a wonderful person is my glorious Lord Jesus. All the divine attributes are found in him as there are no limits to his fullness. There can be no limit to, to my supplies or at least the prospect of need. Jesus is my divine savior. His bounty will supply me. His omnipotence will deliver me. His omnipresence will protect me. His omniscience will guard me. His love will animate me. His mercy will heal me. His grace will support me. 
His compassion will comfort me. His pity will relieve me. His goodness will provide for me. His tenderness will soothe me. His kindness will encourage me. His patience will bear with me. His justice will avenge me. His faithfulness will embolden me. His holiness will beautify me. His anger will awe me. His life will quicken me. His light will illumine me. His word will regulate me. His joy will delight me. His blessedness will elevate me. His long-suffering will lead me to repentance. His immutability will secure the fulfillment of the promises to me. His truth will be my shield and my buckler. His sovereignty will raise my admiration. His condescension will inspire me with gratitude and love. And his all-sufficiency will satisfy me both in time and eternity. What is Jesus called in his holy word? He is called a savior, a reconciler, a redeemer, a mediator, a refiner, an advocate, a prophet, a priest, a king, a bridegroom, a physician. In a word, Jesus is all in all. And as Spurgeon said, if God hath loved, if God hath loved me once, then he will love me forever. I would like to read to you from Hebrews chapter 12 today, starting in verse 1. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. I encourage you, my friend, cling to this today. Cling to this scripture uh, more than allowing the sin to cling to you. And I love verse 2. This is the verse that often is quoted. But looking to Jesus, right, this is a petition for us the founder and the perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Hebrews 12, 1 through 2. Jerry Bridges, um, who I've referenced at church a couple times recently uh, from his book, True Community, um, but he also said this uh, considering Hebrews chapter 12 as it goes on to talk about discipline. Our reconciliation to God is permanent and eternal because Christ accomplished it for us. There is no possibility it can ever ever be undone. Though we continue, even as believers, to do those things that in themselves deserve God's displeasure, we can never revert to a state of divine alienation. For the sake of Christ, God will always accept us. And even when God deems it necessary to discipline us for persistent disobedience, he always does so out of love to restore us to the way of obedience. It goes on in verse 10 to say, He disciplined us for our good, that we may share his holiness. For the moment all discipline seems painful rather than pleasant, but later it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. Therefore lift your drooping hands and strengthen your weak knees, and make straight paths for your feet so that what is lame may not be put out of joint, but rather be healed. And returning to the Spurgeon uh, paragraph I read earlier, I want to finish with this. Come then, you who are not only poor, but also wretched, whose miseries make you long for death, and yet you dread it. You captive ones, come in your chains. You slaves, come with the irons upon your souls. You who sit in darkness, come forth all blindfolded as you are. The throne of grace will look on you if you cannot look on it, and will give to you, though you have nothing to give in return, and will deliver you, though you cannot raise a finger to deliver yourself. Be blessed, and until tomorrow, be filled with His Holy Spirit.